So that puts you at about 20 grand a month in revenue? So currently we're probably just about half of that, about 10. Okay. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Grant Deakin. He is a serial entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Unstack, the no-code content management platform designed for marketers to build and scale digital businesses without developers. We love them, but they're expensive. Prior to Unstack, Grant was a co-founder and CPO CEO of Grapevine, an influencer marketplace with 200,000 plus creators, which was acquired in 2018. All right, Grant, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do this. First off, congrats on getting a company sold in the influencer marketing space in 2018. I know a lot of these companies now that are just sort of flat or stuck at like 5, 10 in ARR. How'd you get out? I mean, you, you played that right. I think the market was changing really fast. Uh, a couple things we saw, um, obviously, the walled garden platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, were changing the rules all the time. Uh, that's actually part of like why I'm, I'm uh, excited about Unstack. Um, so I think for us, you know, we wanted to uh, you know, position the business for exit with a company that could, you know, continue to unlock the value um, with some of its other assets and things like that. Yep. And this was this was Ideanomics, right? Back in 2018. Right. Yep. And they it was like a, I think a 2.4 million dollar acquisition deal. They so the interesting thing about them, they had actually already owned uh, a significant stake in the company. So the 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 final price was was a bit higher, um, but that was sort of what you know to to buy out the company as a wholly owned subsidiary uh, that was around the purchase price. Yeah. So just to re- repeat that back to you, they might have already owned twenty percent of the company, so they were really buying eight the other eighty percent for two point four million. So the valuation was actually higher along those lines. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, let's now focus on new business, right? So Unstack, when did you launch it? What year? Uh, we really got it going uh, early 2019. Uh, my co-founder and I uh, kind of came out of the gate full time in May, so we've been at it, you know, about 15 months. Okay, 20. So yeah, mid 2019. And I mean, what was the sort of how did you build the conviction to say, no, what, I'm going to launch another company. It's going to take three to five years, the rest of you know my life to do this. What gave you the conviction? Well, one, I think I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think putting that aside for a second, you know, I love building you know, products that help people. Uh, with with Grapevine, it was all about, you know, those creators had very limited options for monetizing their audience. And so we gave them kind of, especially when, when we started, we gave them a, a new way to really unlock value from their audience. Um, towards the end of that, though, you know, I wanted to start thinking about serving a constituency that I really identified and cared about. And that's entrepreneurs, founders, 
and marketers to a large extent who are kind of like the unsung heroes of a lot of these organizations. Um, I've built a ton of websites on a ton of different platforms. I've built full marketing stacks, you know, soup to nuts, um, and, and scaled up some pretty, pretty big, you know, digital presences. Um, and the consistency I found, whether it was for me or for any sort of entrepreneur out there is like, you start putting together a bunch of tools, inevitably, like you get stuck, like things kind of evolve to be like a Frankenstein sort of system. And then you're pulling in like, contractors and consultants who are like touch and go. We've all kind of, you know, been in that situation before. So I kind of set out to be like, hey, I really love this persona, you know, the founder, the marketer. How can I build sort of like the idyllic platform that I would want if I was starting something new? And that's kind of like the genesis that, you know, started on Stack. And we had um, we had a few other entrepreneurs that were like, hey, I, I would use this. Like, uh, you know, when can I get it? And so that kind of mm-hmm. kicked things off. So how do you get your first 10 customers? Uh, first time customers were probably just through like my personal network, you know, talking to people who are kind of, oh, I have this pain or, Hey, a friend of mine actually just asked me about this. Like, let me connect you. Um, it's been fairly grassroots since the beginning. So a lot of our customers come from, uh, referrals, you know, obviously we're doing a lot of content marketing, but, uh, referrals have been a a huge driver for us. Uh, How do you incentivize referrals? So originally we we didn't, you know, it was sort of like a goodwill loyalty thing. Um, I think as we kind of built some of that goodwill and like earned that trust with our customer base, we actually rolled out a, a, a lifetime sort of recurring referral program. Um, so there's a 30% uh, lifetime uh, recurring revenue share uh, for customers that people refer to us now. Interesting. So how much like last month, how much did you pay out to affiliates because of that 30% cut? That's pretty new, that program. So I think okay. uh, small dollars, you know, maybe, maybe you know, 500 bucks. You know, okay. I think we just rolled it out uh, this summer. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, uh, you know, I think people really like it. We're seeing a lot of people sign up for it. And then going back to your other strategy that you mentioned early on, content marketing, you're starting to gain serious steam with, with terms like best SaaS websites or beta page or SaaS websites, things like that. You're moving up in the ranking, which are driving you sort of new clicks per month. Do you, I mean, is this intentional or is it sort of accidental? Well, I mean, we're using our own platform to dog food growing our own SaaS business, right? So we're very much like in it with our customers who are also doing the same thing. Um, and so, you know, for us, we're just practicing what we preach, you know, focusing on smart content. You know, we, we look at content twofold, like especially now, you know, it's all about educating, you know, our audience, you know, building trust with them. But then also the long tail of that, you know, starting to rank for the, the terms that our customers are you know, out searching for. Um, so obviously we're in a space where there's, you, you know, there's a lot of competition on certain keywords. We try to be smart about where we start and and kind of increase our ambition, you know, over the long term for for higher volume, higher comp- uh, competition keywords. Yeah, well, I think your best performing post, post our favorite B2B SaaS websites, 2019 edition, that thing's due for an update and, you know, double down <laughs> on the traffic you guys are getting from that. It, you it, also we, did, We've got one, uh, but yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You've done some other sort of great sort of uh, hacky smart things, right? Since you know, over the past 15 months on in July of 2020, you launched on product Hunt. you got 3,900 or 3,300 upvotes. That is not easy. I'd say that's top 1% easily on product Hunt. How did you, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. So, so how did you st- sort of strategically plan that launch? So we, we actually had a, uh, I wrote up kind of a brain dump of everything that we learned and did and everyone we talked to and feedback we got. Um, you know, I think even at one point, you know, Ryan Hoover gave me some direct feedback, like, hey, this is too markety, like you need to kind of like taper it back. And so we we tried to be really considerate uh, from from all those conversations and we put a lot of work into it. Um, so you can 
get all of that on our on our site, you know, all the tools and tips. So I think a couple of things that like really worked well for us. Timing where is things. it, by the way? Sorry, where where is that? Is, is it on the blog? Is it, is it, do you know the blog tar- title you put that on under? Yeah, slash blog slash product hunt playbook. Oh, yeah, okay, I got dash, it. Dash. Let me just read. Let me just tell people how successful this was real quick. So yeah, 3,300 upvotes. You got 16,000 unique website views and you got 1,600 new signups and a nice bump in MR. What was the bump? Like a couple thousand in MRR? Yeah, that's about right, actually. Um, The interesting thing about product hunt. Yeah, so all that's true. We also got... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the article. It was like a lot of, uh, some, like a some overwhelming amount of uh, inbound VC interest from that. So if that's something that you're exploring as a founder, like we weren't expecting that at all. Um, so that was one thing. We also got uh, a few different uh, like PR write-ups from it as well. And like another competitor in the space wrote like a huge article, like, uh, you know, about us and comparing us. So there was some nice like overflow from some of that as well. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. So walk me through, sir, what this costs to use. People can sign up for free. And then what's the average customer paying per month? Yeah, so it ranges anywhere from free, as you mentioned, up to um, you typically around $99. You know, we're doing a lot of experimentation with pricing. We have, you know, larger like enterprise companies who are spending quite a bit more. We have agencies who have kind of, you know, uh, bulk licenses that, you know, are kind of in the you know, sort of 500 plus range a month. But generally, you know, when we're selling to founders, uh, Selling to marketing teams or product teams within larger companies are probably around 100 bucks a month. Yep. And, and about how many customers do you have today? Uh, today, uh, we're still pretty early in our journey. We've got uh, we're just uh, around 200 customers. 200 customers. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, that's uh, traction is traction, right? You can't argue with that. So that puts you at about 20 grand a month in revenue. So the the... So currently, we're probably just about half of that, about 10. Okay. Uh, and so the reason for that is, you know, when, when you sort of blend it out, I would say, like, m- we're seeing more and more people go towards that $100 plan as we've rolled out a lot more features into that plan. Things like Stripe integration, revenue attribution, AMP content, AMP pages. But uh, where we started, you know, we, we saw, especially with product time, the groundswell was around like the 29 to 49 a month. So they're getting that blended average. Yeah, it's smart. Have you bootstrapped this or raised? Uh, so the way that we look at it is, you know, we're thinking pretty long term and for a platform play like we wanted the latitude to kind of you know take some time and really think like how are people going to build this over the next build digital businesses over the next 10 years so for that we felt like some venture was the right path for us so we we put uh, about a million dollars into the business uh around the time that we went full-time uh, probably june july last year you put it in or you raised from vc we, we raised it we raised it yeah okay, i mean it. i participated but yeah we it's sort of your traditional pre-seed round See, Grant knows I love bootstrappers, which is why we get the minute-long sort of hedge before he says, and we've raised <laughs> capital. I don't mind it, though. Some businesses it's right for, some it's not right for. It just depends on what you're going after. Yeah, I think like like if you're sort of in the potential like category creation business or thinking about like how could we be sort of an anchor player in our space, um, 
you can do it bootstrap, but it's it's a, it's a little bit more challenging, you know. So yeah. I think to have kind of the firepower to go it alone, uh, VC can be a helpful uh, hand in that. So so let me now break break this down, right? So so million raised, one hundred twenty thousand in ARR run rate today. Yep. When you raised, I assume you did that on what like a safe? Was it unpriced? Uh, yeah, it was unpriced. Uh, we actually did it as a convertible note. Um, okay. And uh, in terms of that, we're like a, a five million cap. Yeah, yeah, pretty standard stuff. Um, on, okay, and um, walk me through how you think about burn today. So, how much are you burning per month to drive growth? Yeah, we burn forty grand a month right now. Uh, that's like gross. That's an an offset, you know, uh, by our growing MRR. So thirty thousand net. Yeah. And so, are you cool with that? I mean, is that sort of you're comfortable with that for a while? Yeah, I mean, I think like when you take some money in uh, outside capital and like it's an interesting balance of like, well, how fast do I spend it? And I think when you do that, you, you tend to get a little bit of pressure like, hey, you should be spending that fairly aggressive to like get to conclusions or like, you know, learn things. Um, on the flip side, I've been in other companies where we raise money and then we we threw money at problems without really understanding like the root drivers of those problems. So people will throw cash at it, you know, to buy customers when they're not ready, they'll throw money at at headcount when they're not ready or don't know the real problem they're solving. So I think it's it's finding that balance. I think for us, like 40K a month is like a pretty lean, uh, pretty lean and mean sort of operation. Yeah, and really run rate is what we care about, right? So I mean, so how much cash do you sell in the bank? Uh, we spent about half of it. Yeah, so I mean, so that puts you at, you know, eight, nine, 10 months of runway, something like that. I mean, and, and, and we're, you know, continuing to grow obviously which which slows that down or allows us to kind of maintain it but add more resources to try to try to push things faster how much new mr did you add last month uh i'd have to double check i think we probably added like 2500 okay okay good i mean so more than 10 percent month over month growth yeah one great. thing that was been interesting going back to product hunt was like uh, and i know you're big on cohort analysis and like our we don't have our numbers totally perfect and figured out but we did see that like the, the churn from that particular cohort was significantly higher than our overall churn from from all other cohorts. So yeah. something to be thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Product Hunt is as bad as AppSumo. I think the AppSumo <laughs> cohort is always like the really high churn. I mean, they don't even convert to annual uh, or monthly plans usually. Product Hunt is, is I think, great for a lot of other things besides getting customers. You touched on a couple of them. It's sort of publicity and it has a lot of other side effects. Uh, I mean, you're testing all the right things, though. Talk me through your team today. How many folks? Yeah, so we're 10 total, seven are full-time. Uh, we've got... Six of our 10 are engineering and product. Um, I'm kind of like a half breed because I'm running the business on the day to day, but my background's actually in product and, and, uh, I did a stint as a UX developer. So I, I currently run our product as well. Um, and then we've got, we just brought on, uh, Zach Rigo, who's our, our VP of sales and marketing, who was previously at WordStream and, uh, was GM of their, uh, agency business over there. So hmm. Zach just came on. We've got, uh, Chris Cardone, who's our, um, head of customer success. We've got inside sales team. So, um, that's sort of what the team makeup is today. Is there any of these reps quota carrying? Uh, it's something like we're trying to figure out. Like if you look at our business today, it's not really like, Does it it's work? not a model that to, like that really works for, for ISR. So our focus has really been in like, you know, uh, creating those wow moments for, for like new customers that are coming in the platform and like really thinking about retention and expansion, yeah. uh, more than like just closing new business. ISR is inside sales rep. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about churn. What's gross churn look like monthly? Yeah. So again, I think like overall, uh, I'd probably say like three to four percent monthly mm-hmm. right now on on the growth side. Uh, and I think we have some things to figure out there. Like one of the things in our business that we're trying to figure out is what that what that sort of retention and like expansion strategy looks like for users because where you start certainly isn't where you finish, right? Like 
you know, six months on the line, most of our customers are will double their traffic, you know, double their leads every every you know five or six months, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're trying to figure out how to how to grow with them um, and offset you know some of that gross churn. Uh, I think the other thing too we're looking at is like is how do we improve our pricing model? You know, like we for, for example today we're very much a like just free and then like three tiers, right? With like different features bucketed, which is kind of like an old school way of looking at it. There's no usage metrics in place right now. So we have a lot of experimenting to do to kind of get that right. And I think ideally, like just really try to align with the customer to make it super easy for them to get going and then like grow with them over the long term. And do you have a general idea of what CAC would be? You know, what are you spending at a new hundred dollar a month customer? Yeah, I think right now we're probably spending three to four hundred, probably okay. closer to four hundred. Um, okay, I think so. that can come down. Uh, we haven't done a lot of paid. Uh, surprisingly, Facebook has worked better than AdWords. Um, and there's some interesting things we're trying there. Uh, I think w- one I recently learned about was, you know, just the ability to upload your customer list and do some lookalike around that. So we're we're cautiously optimistic that there could be some upside there for us on customer growth. Yep. Good stuff, Grant. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, I have a few. Um, Seven Powers by Hamilton Weber is probably one of the top. Yep, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, there's a bunch. Uh, what one of the uh, guys on our board is a guy named Ralph Foles. He's not currently a CEO, but he was a CEO of a company called Wordstream here in Boston. So, it's, uh, if you can if you can get someone you're following to also be a mentor or sit on your board, even better. Um, so and he I'd helps you like, pick off key employees from his old company, I guess. <laughs> well, that was actually coincidental. I, I'd been I'd been having lunch with Zach for over a year, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean they they know each other too, so it doesn't hurt. Yeah, number three. What's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Uh, obviously, our own. But I've actually grown to really like um, uh, bare metrics and and profit. Well, just kind of getting into the the actual unit metrics of our business, you know, and and figuring out kind of where to tweak the dials. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I am uh, happily married, no kids. No kids. And how much sleep are you getting each night? I, I got to get eight. That's good. And how old are you? Thirty three. 33. Last, last question, Grant. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, big things take time. Be patient. Guys, there you have it. Unstack, really a tool for founders to get going for really anything they need for the business, but mainly sort of a CMS all-in-one sort of tool. They've raised a million bucks. Their net burn is 30 grand a month. They're serving over 200 customers to date, doing about $10,000 in monthly recurring revenue up from nothing about a year ago when they launched. We'll see what happens next. Grant, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.